Well, today kicks off a brand new series. We're out of summer splash. The summer's almost ended. Sorry to tell you, school is starting. I think I talked about that. Today, God is bigger. The series for the next several weeks is God is bigger than something. Today, I just want to initiate, jump off at small group Sunday. God is bigger than your small group. You're saying, well, I hope so. I'm not in one. <laughs> or hey, there's three people in my small group. Or hey, there's 16 in my small group. That's a big small group. But God's bigger than that. I, I was just contemplating in scriptures the vastness of God, about how great and how mighty he is. A lot of the songs that we have sung, like How Great Is Our God, Indescribable, on and on these songs go, but he's big enough to rule the entire universe. But yet, somehow, he chooses to be small enough to rule within our hearts, to live, to dwell there through the Spirit of God. He's a great God. He's a big God. So how big is our God? He's bigger than all your problems, all your challenges, all your diseases. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, Moses says, There's none like God who rides on the heavens. In Jericho, Rahab told him that they heard of the Lord, the God of Israel, how he had dried up the Red Sea and the wonderful things the Lord had done. And their hearts were faint. And they lost courage. Maybe you find yourself today at a spiritual place that you've grown a little weary in your faith. You've, you've been a little tested. You've been tried. You've been put up wet, if you know what I'm talking about. It's just hard. Well, that's a great reason to be in a youth group, uh, in a youth group, to be in a small group and do community. It's a great reason to join some other believers that might be at a different place than you are on their walk of faith. It might be that they're really right in the center of God's will and they've got joy and they've got forgiveness of their sins and they've got leadership and they've got answered prayer and they've got the joy of the Lord. Or maybe there's some that they're hurting and they're discouraged and they're depressed and just beat up. Well, they need to be there too. And I don't know where you are on this pendulum, but I promise you, however big your situation is, just offer it to Jesus. Give it to him every day. Give it to him in community. Just say, God, you're bigger than the box I've drawn around whatever the situation is. God, you're big. I love what the psalmist says. He says, Lord, the heavens declare your glory. Your love is limitless. Your promises are sure. Your mercy is everlasting. Your grace is sufficient. Your reign is righteousness. God, to you be the glory. Lord, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Lord, I run to you. You're my refuge. You're enduring. You're steadfast. You're immovable. You're faithful, God. And this morning, some of you are just at a great place spiritually. And I say, man, amen. And some of you maybe have even started a spiritual walk with Jesus. You're not a Christ follower. And don't be ashamed of that, man. Just admit that, man, I'm not. I'm not a religious person. We, we don't really like religion around here a lot anyway. We really like the relationship with the living Christ. But are you, can you just get a small picture of how great God is? So this year, or as we go into this series, how big is our God? God is bigger than, but he's bigger than our small group. And yet he invites us into these communities a faith where I find forgiveness, where I find prayer, where I find spiritual growth, where I find encouragement, where I find answers. Sometimes you even find questions. Has anybody been in a small group you got more questions when you leave than when you came in? It's kind of a good group to be in. But he's the giver of good, every good and perfect gift. I love this. God's so great. He's the doorway to deliverance. He's the pathway to peace. He's the roadway to righteousness. And he's the gateway to glory. He's a great God. 
And you're saying, well, man, this is kind of a weird way to start out about small groups. I just kind of want to set the foundation about our God is bigger than blank. And over the next eight weeks, as we walk through an installment of lessons, I'm going to talk about God is bigger than my suffering. You don't want to miss that. God is bigger than my disappointments. God is bigger than my expectations. And the very final week is God is bigger than my marriage. And the church said, okay, everybody's doing great. Amen. Okay. God's big. And we're going to walk through this together. But this morning, I really want to just talk about the goodness of the Lord and community and try to convince you once again. Every year, I have the challenge to come and to try to say something new or, or to provoke you to provoke. That sounds, that's a great word. To spur you, to encourage you, to challenge you, to drop the gauntlet, if you will, to do something to get you to say, I got to do something different than I did last year because my desire is to grow spiritually. And the church said, Amen. But a lot of times people go, well, it's just up to a handful of pastors and to the staff or maybe an elder or two that they can lead me. But you know what I learned a long time ago? Discipleship is for the body of Christ. It's for all of us to participate. I won't talk about it a lot, but I've started this new ministry called Triads. And right now, we're hoping to disciple over half the men in our church and let it grow and let it grow. My prayer is in the next couple of years, we'll disciple every man in Jesus Christ that comes through our church. And the church said, that's huge. I mean, you're like, did he, did he just say what I thought he said? Yeah, I did. And please, as you're invited to participate, don't resist. Get involved. Make disciples. Matthew 28. That's not the lesson for today. I just wanted to throw that out there. Participation. Look at the top of your outline. Get ready to write. Message truth. Let's do life together where no one is alone. I'm always saying that. We're on a journey. Let's do life together. I know he likes that together stuff. He likes that community. Yeah, I guess I do. I named the church Christ Aloneness. Isn't it a great church? Christ Aloneness Church. Man, who would go to that church? I wouldn't. Christ Community. And I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, man, I love the name of your church. I go, yeah, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Christ. Isn't he magnificent? And we talked about Jesus, and then he finally said, yeah, but I like that middle word. I said, yeah, now there's community churches all over the country, this community, that community. But I said, yeah, it's community. It's about what God's called us to be. We're, just write this on the side, we're wired for relationship. I was reading about some social scientists and sociologists, and, and I, it was interesting. They said there's an epidemic of loneliness in the last 10 years. That for some reason there's a spike in all the curves in their study that people are choosing to be isolated. And I even read this. It said people are choosing to go bowl alone. They must be horrible bowlers. That's all I can figure. If you bowl good, you want a crowd. Do I have an amen? When you do something good, do you want to do it by? I mean, okay, you're a golfer. I'm not, but let's say you're a golfer. And you go out and you have your best score or a hole in one. Do you want to be alone? Everybody thinks you're lying when you tell them. You want cameras, you want everybody there, don't you? Man, in the body of Christ, God's called us to be in community, to not be alone. And I'm just thinking about this, where no one is alone. Now, if you choose to be alone, it's your choice. It's not a good place to be. You don't know what's around the bend. The death of a maid, a child, a disease, a divorce a failed business, a heartache, a fire. Oh, no, no, you're like, dude, man, you're just like full of joy, and then you go going doom. What are you doing to us? 
I want to take you on a trip. I want you to know, we don't know if we're going to be in the hospital tomorrow. Uh, a day I talked to this person, and uh, when we were talking to them, they were in the ER. I mean, you, you don't, I mean, let me just tell you, if I'm in the ER, I don't want to like, be your pastor for about 10 minutes, okay? I mean, I love you, and I care about you, but I mean, how many people want to go to ER, and you want to do your regular job? Anybody want to do that? Probably not. You're like, no, leave me alone. But you know what? We don't know how close we are to being sick or, or having something in our life. We need people to come in and to help us and to support us and to encourage us and to speak life into us. And yes, my biggest, pray over us. They, they just pray life. They, they just believe. We're, we're wired for that. And yet, I found an uncommon book. I love this book. I could preach on it for hours and I won't. It's the, it's the smallest book in all of Scripture. I want you to turn to Philemon 1. I'm asking you to turn to Philemon 1 because there is only one. There's only, there's only, you're like, dude, I love you, Pastor. One page. One. Well, actually, I, I lied. It, it's, it's actually in my book. It's, my pages were longer. We can make it one page. It's one page and just a couple of sentences on the back. Okay? Really short book. One chapter. Philemon. And I could tell you this story. I, I, I'll, I'll try to tell you quickly. Philemon here is a wealthy, successful business owner, believer that has come to faith in Jesus Christ. He has a slave, and his slave is named Onesimus. Onesimus steals from his wife or from him, and he takes off on a journey. He's a runaway slave. He's a fugitive. He gets down there, and he gets thrown in jail. He gets incarcerated. And what happens is, he ends up in jail. Guess who is probably in jail next to him? The Apostle Paul, the infamous jailbird. And he begins to share the gospel of grace. He begins to share about Jesus. And a great story, just to speak that real quick, Onesimus comes to faith in Jesus Christ. And then Paul tells him, now, Onesimus, I need you to do something. I need you to go back to Paul. I need you to go back home. Oh, oh, oh hold on. I love this Jesus thing. I love being a believer. But to go back and make amends, to reconcile, to make it right, he will have my head. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm going to give you a letter. How many would be very encouraged if you had done something really atrocity like this and somebody gave you a sheet of paper and said, now, go face them. How many want to do that? So we read it and we're like, man, that don't sound very good. And he goes back and the scripture just talks about, I could order you to do this, but I ask you to do this. You now have him back, not as a slave, but you have him back as a brother he's a brother in jesus and anesmus you know what anesmus means useful write it down in your notes somewhere anesmus just means useful so here's this story but i, I want to just run through this with you quickly verse four i always thank my god when i pray for you philemon so he's always praying he's an interceder like we did this morning in body life there there's prayers the community of faith a small group when i want you to be in a small group people pray for you people encourage you people listen to you People stand in the gap for you. People are fervent on their knees and their faces for you, hopefully, if you got the right small group. They come into agreement with you on a regular basis. And then I just thought about this real quick. I have a lot of you that pray for me every, every day. A lot of you pray for me every week. Some of you are like, hey, that's a good idea. Sermons would get better if I pray for them. They probably will. Pray. I welcome prayer partners. I have a prayer brochure that I put out every single month. I've been doing it for like 20-something years. All I got to do is let LB know in the office, and we'll send that brochure to you, and it'll, it'll, it'll just kind of give you some updates. But let, let's look at the next blank. So remember others in your prayers. Now, fellowship. It says fellowship your faith 
It, in the Greek, it reads different. It makes no sense when you just read it because the Greek and the Hebrew is an exact language, and our English language does not do it justice, so it's hard to translate words, and that's when we have so many translations. But it really says in the Greek, it goes, fellowshipping your faith. Now, how many of you, if you read in there, fellowshipping your faith, you'd go, what are you doing? Are you eating fried chicken? What do you mean they're fellowshipping their faith? That makes no sense to me. And that's what it really says. But, it's, it's a, but, but basically in verse 6, look what he says. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. Do this. Put it into action. Be, be active in your faith. Uh, encourage others. Work out your faith. Exercise your faith. Develop the muscles of your faith. You know, one scripture says, work out your salvation with trembling doesn't mean you earn your salvation. You're saved by grace. At least any man should boast. And the church said, it's a grace gift. But when Christ is real, it works from the inside out, and we express it by the way we live our life. Remember the verse I read a minute ago, Colossians 3, 12 and following? Clothe yourself. It means to put on a new attire, put on the dress of Christ. And it shows how we live our faith. Spiritual gifts, when they were given, they were given to build up the body of Christ. But let me just say this to you. I want to define community because I'm inviting you into the context, into believing, to embracing biblical community. Here it is in, in, in the dictionary, basically looking at different translations. It goes, define community. A group living in the same locale or government. Well, that's not the definition I want. Second one, a group that shares common interests. That's getting better. The third one. Sharing, participating in the fellowship of the church. I like that. I'm inviting you to participate, to fellowship, to be active. There's a great Greek word. It's koinia. And it just means fellowship. As I was looking at some of my books and stuff, it just says fellowship, association, community, communion, joint participation. That's what it means to have things in common. I'm asking you to be a part of Koinia. Lord, give me fellowship with you, Father. That's 1 John. But Father, give me fellowship with other like-minded believers this year. Let us uh, spur, encourage, push each other in our faith. And then I think about this refreshing others in the Lord. Your small group should be a place you cannot wait to get to. You long to be there with other friends, brothers and sisters. You long to be in their presence. You long to do life with them because you find refreshment. You find encouragement. You find strength. You find comfort for your soul. If, if you're a small group, if this is your attitude, oh, small group, oh, I'd rather get sit on nails. I'd rather go and chase cars. I'd rather go fix the fence and the dog's digging out again. I hate small group. Let me just give you a simple thing to do today. Join another one. You know, I mean, if you hate now, if you're the leader of the small group, you go, ah, small group is horrible. Well, you need to go see Jesus this morning. We're kicking off small groups. There's two tables. I'm asking everybody to go by today and sign up. Man, we've got some amazing groups. I, I'm leading two groups, and they're probably the, not the good ones. And, and, and they're really fun, and they're life-giving. But I looked at some of them and like, wow, there are a lot of them on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, and others will meet different times. And some of the topics, I, if I could be like, have multiple personalities, wouldn't that be scary? But if I could be multiple people, I would go to all of them. I mean, man, they just, they're amazing. And somebody's like, really? Yeah, look at the table. I'm trying to set you up. Okay, you got it now. Look at the next bike here. 
choose to ask. In verse 9 and 10, I told you the story, but he says, but because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request. He asks others. He chooses to ask in love. Here, remember what I told you? Paul basically is a spiritual father. He births Onesimus in spiritual labor. How many of you women know about labor? Is labor pleasant? It is if we have enough drugs. Okay, well, we're not doing drugs in Jesus, okay? But birthing people spiritually, that's my greatest prayer is that we would birth people spiritually this year. How many of you want to see many people birth into the faith of Jesus Christ, that they're born again this year? Amen? And that can happen in your small group. I think it's the best place to lead people to Jesus. They come in, they eat your food, they come hang out with you. They don't have me spitting. They're, unless they're in my small group and I spit all over them, but they love me. They get a shot before we start the class. It's all good. No, I'm not infectious. Okay, here we go. Not in that sense. Look at the next one. Draw a box around this. Who is the anesthetist on, on the run in your life? Who is a runaway sinner, run away from the heart of God, somebody that's in rebellion against the Father? We all have them in our lives. We have influence, the Scripture teaches. We have impact. And I would say that every one of us have an anesthetist. We might be the anesthetist. Maybe we're sitting there today like, hey, I don't have to look for anybody. I'm the one on the run. I'm not listening. I'm drifting. I'm far from God. But maybe there's people in your life that God's called you to have impact on their life, and they're an anesthetist in your life. And what does anesthetist mean? What does anesthetist mean? Useful. Why don't you be the useful tool in the hand of a holy God? Why don't you be the useful ambassador for Jesus Christ, that you lead them to faith? That's what I pray, man. Our small groups will have believers, but they'll even have unbelievers. We'll begin to invite unsaved people into our group to do life and to hang out with us. We begin to find them as a safe place. Let me say this to you carefully. I, I know limitations in rooms and child care, and we try to do our best, and there's still challenges. I, I'm not stupid. I, I've been doing this for 30 years, 31 years, okay? I understand. But here's where I think we have failed, and, and I'm just submitting it to myself and to you. I think our small group should be more open, if possible, and we should constantly be trying to have new people come in. What do you think, church? And new people can come in. They can begin to ask their spiritual questions. They could begin to do life. And I understand there's a lot of ramifications for all that to happen. The great thing about having a great church facility, this building next door, we have a lot of rooms. We have a lot of ability that we can house even more people. But still, my favorite small groups are in homes. I love to eat other people's food. I, I just got to confess, it's just cool. I like for people to come eat food at my house. I like to eat food at their house. They, they last longer. But with daycare and childcare challenges, it's a little harder to do. So some are in homes, some are not. We've got several that will. And others will be at the church. Just get to be a part of community. That's what I'm trying to say. There's no secret church here. Do you agree with me, church? We don't want to play secret church like, well, I can't tell you about being forgiven. I can't tell you about how awesome the Redeemer is. Hey, we, we need to move past that. So who is the anesthetist? Look at the next one. Growing as Christ followers takes community. It does take community. I mean, um, this whole thing, listen to Romans 12, 4 and 5. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Paul would say it this way. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. There's community. There's family. We, we mar the name of Jesus when we sin. We worship, we exalt the name of Jesus when we do it right. 
And I'm just saying God wants us here to be together. I, I, I was uh, studying this, and I'm just going to give you these quick verses. You can just get ready, okay? If you like to take notes, you're going to love this. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. I, I can't, I'm just going to kind of hit the gist. But I want you to know about the whole thing about we're called to live out one another. We're called to live and, and to live out this to love one another. Here it is. Be devoted to one another in mutual love, Romans 12, 10. In small groups, there ought to be mutual love. We ought to accept one another, Romans 15, 7. We are accepted in the beloved, we accept each other. We ought to serve one another, Galatians 5, 13. We long to serve one another. The next one, be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4, 32. If your small group is mean, find a new one, okay? The next one, forgive one another, Colossians 3, 13. Is the body of Christ and small group communities, we should forgive one another. That's tough. Colossians 3.16, we should admonish one another. There's a place for correction, for rebuke, and it should be in the context of a loving group. Live in harmony with one another, Romans 12.16. In your small group, there should be unity, there should be joy, there should be forgiveness, there should be safety. Galatians 6.2, we should bear one another's burdens in our small groups. The best way to do the church is called the book of Acts. It's called scripture. It's called the way of Jesus. We just bear each other's burdens. Here's another one, Hebrews 10, 24. We spur one another toward love and good deeds. Just want to give you these. In John 1, 33 and 35, we love one another. We be at peace with one another. We pray for one another. We do not judge one another. We esteem one another. Does anybody got the one another now? That's what we do in community. We just find it to be a place of oasis and healing and refreshment and hope. And yes, comfort and refuge and peace. It could be that your small group is the only healthy place you go to all week. Small group causes you to do life together. They cause you to get the house cleaned up or painted or something fixed or they get a bill paid or they help with a child. You've got some sick children and you can't you know, you're going to pull your hair out. <laughs> That'd be a novel idea if I had some. But okay, or, or you do whatever. Small group. People always look to me, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? No, I'll do all I can, but I'm a man. So I'm already limited. <laughs> and all the men said, okay, well, you could have said, amen, brother. He's limited. But I was talking about all of us. Okay. We just help each other. Esteem. Relational independence. Look at the next one. Fill it in. We're designed to be communal. The whole thought comes from Genesis 2.18. I only want to do verse 18 here. Uh, can you just get verse 18 up here? Look at this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Now, that's a great marriage verse, and I understand the concept of helper, and everybody knows my wife. They know I'm married so far over my head, and what would I do without her? And Man, I'd be bad, okay? Thank God for my wife, and thank God for your wife, okay? But it's also a principle of the kingdom. It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for women to be alone. We need to do life together. We need to do not isolation. We need to do community. I say it all the time. You're like, man, he really believes that. I, I do. We're designed to not do it by ourselves, not to be separate individuals, but to come together collectively, corporately as the body of Jesus. It's an expression of faith. I set it up for you this way. You don't have to raise your hand if you ever watched it, because I understand it's not a godly song. It's, not, it's certainly not a godly show. But it demonstrates the kingdom when, when the kingdom works well. Did, in your heart, don't raise your hand, because I don't want you to have to explain to your kid, oh, you watch that? Cheers. 
had a really great theme song. Now, I'm not going to sing it. We're not going to listen to it. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries should help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody, and they're always glad. You want to be where you can see. Our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody, how'd y'all know that? No, okay, all right. Now that's the kingdom of God. In the church of the living Christ, when we do small groups, we want people to know us. Hi, I am Keith. It's not an AA meeting, but it could be. I want to be known. I want to, I want to, be, I want, I want to know you. Are, are you getting an idea of what I'm trying to talk about today? God is bigger than your situation. God's bigger than your small group. I, I love this concept. And move with me. You don't drift into spiritual transformation this year. It's always an intentional act on your part. You never drift into getting a degree. It just doesn't happen. It didn't happen for me. You have to work. It's intentional. You don't drift into spiritual maturity. You have to work. And then the next would be this. Choose to celebrate your spiritual life this year. Growth by being in community with other believers. If you choose to accelerate, to expand, to increase in your knowledge, but I don't want to just build Bible knowledge people that makes me kind of nauseated it sounds religious i want you to know the word but i want you to let the word transform you i want the word to to internalize i want the word to shape you i want the word to frame you and i want us to do life in jesus church amen okay well one person agree with me okay amen thank you sandra okay here it is i just give you this thought write it somewhere big on your notes welcome home Welcome home. This is the living room. We call our sanctuary the living room. It's intimate. It's personal. People can know you. You can look across the room. It's not some big place that is so big there's no way. You can say, oh, they sit in the balcony. They come to the, to the, uh, to the 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock and the 4 o'clock. I know a lot of y'all, we, we actually have two services. We have the 10 o'clock and we have the 1015. Some of you come to the 1015. I understand. Okay? That just kind of, I thought that was kind of funny too. Okay. Now, it's not funny for me and Jeff. It drives us nuts. Can I just tell you? Jeff comes here with the worship team. They're all ready. And you look out there, and there's 35 people go, praise you, Jesus. And then over the next 15 minutes, humanity shows up. It's just, it's, just, it's just good. I always tell our first touch every day, I said, a lot of these people are going to be wait for, late for their funeral. Hey, I'll tell you a quick story. Don't have time, but it's funny. Uh, uh, my dentist, I was talking to him one day. He says, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all people always say you're going to be late for your funeral. He says, my mom was. I said, what? He said, yeah, she was in Europe, and she died. And, uh, and he went, but now she'd been dead for years, so he kind of healed. He went like he was grieving. And he said, uh, he said, my mom died, and, you know, I'm pretty successful, so I, like, sent money, and we sent her. He says, and she got delayed. She didn't make it. So we were having the funeral, and we were having the visitation. Everybody, oh, your mom. He's like, mom's not here. And uh, they just had an empty box here. Okay, anyway, just a thought. Okay, all right, all right, let's move on. Right, I told you, why did I tell that story? All right, so. A place of safety, refuge, growing, raising kids. How many of you need help raising kids? Okay, I'll tell you. You need help raising kids, okay? And we've got a small group that's going to address that, and you can do it in your group. Growing spiritually, doing life together, choosing. Deuteronomy, write down Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. It basically says this. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster, Life and death, I choose life. Blessings and curses, I choose blessings. We always have a choice. And if you want to grow spiritually this year, you have a choice. And I have a bunch of reasons that I've run out of time, but connectedness or isolation. 
Write that down somewhere. Connectedness or isolation? You choose. Make the social scientists right, the sociologists. Make them correct. Oh, yeah, we're growing. We're an epidemic. Our church is full of isolationists. Or choose to be connected. I'll close with this verse if they'll come to the, uh, to the stage. Listen to this verse. Romans chapter 1, verse 12. I'm going to read it from uh, the New Contemporary Version. I, I like it in translations, but listen to this. I mean that I will want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you. You see, when you choose to do life in community, it becomes about the other person probably more than it does you. But your spiritual progress in faith will help somebody else, and their faith will help yours. So I always tell people, when people don't show up, you're robbing us in the body of Jesus of your spiritual giftedness and your spiritual gifts. So Lord, come and do something mighty in this place. We're going to go back and do the reprise of this song, Great in Us, the song that Jeff taught us today. Great song. I think we're going to love this song over the next months or year. Let's pray together. Can you just bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for attentive hearts and spirits. Lord, speak to us today deep in the core of our soul about life. Speak to us about doing life with other believers. Speak to us about the anesthesis in our life that have run from you and help us to seek them out. But Lord Jesus, come, cleanse us, refresh us, and give us power to walk with Christ. Call upon this Jesus now if you need him. All that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In repentance and faith, Christ can become yours this very morning.